This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, kids say the darndest things. Plus, Nancy Lyon, who will be here to talk with us about the Family Equality Council. Woo! Kids do say the darndest things. They really do. How are you, Teresa? (laughs) How are you, Teresa? Um, I, I'm, I'm great. (laughs) This week, this week, Teresa and I have made a pact to be great. Yeah, we're great. We're great. We're so great. We're great. Yeah. Speaking of saying the darndest things. Yeah. How great are you? I know. So I was thinking about this over the weekend. Yeah. I do this thing when people when people ask me not just like how you're doing but when people ask like so how is it with two like especially when you're at the grocery store and one of them's like running around and the other yeah. one's hitting you in the head yeah, yeah. like especially in those scenarios um, but really in any scenario yeah. or like catching up with friends on the phone or seeing family or whatever how is it with two I always say it's really awesome. Liar! I know. I know. And I was wow. like, I know. And yeah. I'm like trying to figure out why I do this because, like, yeah, it totally doesn't feel awesome, you know? But yeah, well, I think prove we've proven time and time again on the show. Yeah. How awesome but I think, we're having a hard time making like, it. I can't, I'm not exactly sure why I do this, but I think one reason I do it is because I feel like when somebody goes, so how is it with two? They're not asking you to tell them that it sucks or that you're having a hard time. It's sort of the, hey, how are you? It's the, hey, how are you? Fine. And, like, I mean, I love Oscar. Sure. I can't imagine my life without him. So it feels, like, (laughs) fucked up to just be like, well, it actually sucks with two. Right. It was great with one, but now it sucks with two. Right. I would never say that because I love my children, both of them. Well, so it feels like a it feels like a betrayal as a mother. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I mean, we've talked about that. That's why that's why people ninety percent of motherhood is just lies. So is that what it is? I think so. That we're trying to be protective of our kids or something. Well, I think, like, no, I think it's trying to be protect, protective of ourselves. of ourselves. I think it's totally the like you know who, who wants to hear you say that having kids sucks. Right. Who wants to hear you say even if you don't have kids? Right. It is. It is the exact same thing. I think as the hey, how you doing? Fine. Yeah. As opposed to like, hey, how you doing? Well, like, I don't know. I just lost my job. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what else to say to you. Right. Because I mean, I think, uh, or, hey, how's it going? I don't know. I just broke up with my boyfriend. Like, oh, now I got to sit here and listen to you talk about your boyfriend for the next three days. Stop crying. This is is something (laughs) different, though. There is like a more complicated, because like I was even, for example, I was talking with like another mom that I met at like the indoor playground. She was pregnant and there with her little boy. And they, and we were like figuring out that her kids are going to have the same exact age difference as Simon and Oscar. So she, and she was like, you know, seven months along or something. Like she was really showing. And she's like, so like, how, how, is it you know and please lie to me please lie to me and i was like it's i was like it's amazing like it's gonna be so great (laughs) (laughs) oh my god just full on like no qualification i think that's the new t-shirt it just says it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) 
It's it's amazing. I mean, wow. some parts of it are genuinely amazing. I'm not totally lying. No, I know. And I, I, no, no, and of course you're not. And and the great thing about it is you don't know what it's going to be like two months from now. True. You might hit. Exactly. You might hit like a, a wave of just everything's coming up to kids. Sure. You know, sure. like it's just perfect. Yeah. That might be great. It might be, yeah. So, so you, Thanks. so maybe, maybe, maybe some of it's like if I say it's, if not, I say it's not, then you're doomed yeah, for it you're to doomed. never yeah, be. Yeah, there is something. It's definitely like hope. the optimism and hope. and the hope, yep. yeah, part of me that's like, like maybe if you say I, it over and over and over again, you'll believe it. Well, it's kind of like how I heard this. I heard this one mom <laughs> talking about. I can't remember if this was like related to our show or not, but like she was talking about um, having flown somewhere alone with yeah. her baby and her child, and she was like. Yeah, and it ended up in her toddler, like baby and toddler. And she was like, oh, yeah, and it ended up being great and blah, blah, blah. And, like, she said it, like, in passing. And I thought to myself, what does she mean by it ended up being great? Like, it was it great? <laughs> or was it just, like, there were no disasters? Right. Like, it couldn't have actually been great. And I had this whole inner life where I was like, could it have been great? Like, was there something great about flying with a baby and a toddler? Like, it's kind of all relative. Yeah. Like, you're dealing with. Well, that's it. There's a new level of what's relative. Right. So, right. yeah. So maybe maybe what I'm responding to is like, well, okay, if you take the fact that I'm dealing with a baby and a toddler all the time, yeah, it is pretty great because my kids are great. They're healthy. They're yeah. happy. We're having fun. Like, there's, there's things that are working about this. So Yeah, but it's not like... <laughs> I get to, like, have this my favorite meal followed by this an amazing glass of wine. Yeah. And I stayed up all night talking with friends. This is great. Right. Or, like, like that. You know, the, the, no. the perfect day at summer camp. This is great. Like, yeah. it's not. It isn't. Yeah. It, I mean, it really isn't. Okay. A lot of great elements. Yes. A lot of great moments. But, like, <laughs> it's not. It just, it, it's okay. It's okay it's that okay. it's not yeah. great. It is okay. I just, yeah. but I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why you are saying that. I am always just like this. Do you this. do that? I, no. I'm you usually don't. like, actually, it's really, it's interesting. If I see <laughs> interesting. If there's a pregnant woman with another kid and uh-huh. she's like, what's it going to be like? Yeah. I usually do try and say, I will be honest. Yeah. It's 50-50. Okay. Like, it's great. Yeah. And it's also hard. Yeah. And that is just it. Yeah. But no turning back. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> that sounds um, like a much you know, like that, or I'm just answer. like I'm not really getting any sleep. I'll just like say that and be like, but that's okay. And like I yeah. usually try and like I usually try and cut it off so that like don't you don't have to ask me more. Right. As a matter of fact, I don't want you to tell me how you fixed your kid. Right. <laughs> I'm just telling you flat out. Yeah. That's eh, all right. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. it's totally what it is. Because I think no, I think okay, I think there. I just have one more thing to say sure. about this, and that is. There is something potentially detrimental about saying it's great. It's going so amazing. And that is perpetuating that myth. That's what I'm sitting here judging you. Yeah. Yeah. And and that is kind of messed up. Because like, yeah, then if I'm that mom who's expecting the kid and then I have my kid and it's craziness and I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, that other mom said that it was amazing. What am I doing wrong? Right. No, it yeah. does. It's, it's you might as well so be I need saying to stop. you might as well be saying the second one is super easy. Yeah. You might as well. I mean, you might as well be saying that. Like, yeah. second one takes care of itself. Yeah. Right. Like self soother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well. Like, yeah. It just okay. So I need to stop this. You I, this need is to something stop it. I need to stop doing. 
And you know what? I'm going to make a pledge right now. Make a stop. pledge. I'm not going to like go around complaining like <laughs> trying you to do. find yeah <laughs> don't don't seek it out like no, me no but i will i will i will stop just giving the unqualified it's great it's amazing yeah. answer I, I will stop doing that try. I, can, I can yeah i can try stop lying to yourself and others Teresa. thank you you're welcome um <laughs> uh that said i'm doing great <laughs> Everything is, in fact, awesome. Speaking of awesome, Mm -hmm. today we are going to talk about the things that children say that are usually not at all appropriate to say. Mm -hmm. And delve into whose responsibility is it to teach them these things? Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa, mm-hmm. do, you, do, you, do you remember this song? Ready? Ham sandwich with the booger on top, but doop but doop monkey spit and camel snot, but doop but doop fried apples and ketchup too, but doop but doop ham sandwiches are good for you. Wow. Why, why aren't you singing along? That was amazing. Wasn't it? It was the first time I've ever heard that song. It's a little ditty that I've had filed away. <laughs> Did you learn that at camp? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I never went to camp. Oh, That's I'm probably like why. 200 other songs. That's amazing. But no, it's not just camp. All right, let's I right. do know the diarrhea song that you well, were Well, good. We're going to we say, oh, we're going to sing. We're, gonna, we're, we're working up to the okay. diarrhea song. All, All right. right, but let's, okay, we're going to. We're not going into, I don't think we're going down the road of swears today. Not really. Not really. Too boring. Boring. (laughs) Swears. Clearly, we're not raising our kids to swear. No. That is why we come to this tiny little hot booth Mm -hmm. and let it loose. Yes. Um, This is more of the... Things that aren't as, like, specific, like rules to right. prevent. I mean, this, these it, are like the harder things. These are the like, harder. What is okay? What, what's yeah. too gross? Yeah, what's too gross to say? Yeah. Uh, like, what's like, because I'll, I'll start us off a yeah, little yeah. bit with like, Stefan and I are basically just grown children. Mm-hmm. Okay, we enjoyed childhood a great deal. Okay. We had a good time. We enjoyed, I mean, I do, I thought it was just one of a number of gross, dirty songs. <laughs> I know a number of gross, dirty jokes. <laughs> I know a number of jo- I just en- I enjoy a good fart joke. Uh-huh. I enjoy just the, the noise of farts. Mm-hmm. I do not I do not enjoy the smell, the smell. of farts. Yeah. But <laughs> everything else related to farts, I enjoy. Um, and Stefan as well. We're, I mean, we're just big goofy kids, mm-hmm. right? And so when Catherine Bell busts out mm-hmm. with because she's she's gone from like. Oh, oops, I accidentally said something in public that was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. To like, she gets it. She's getting the joke. She's mm-hmm. got, she now knows poo-poo mm-hmm. is in fact funny. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, pooting and burping. Yeah. Like, these things are funny. Funny songs, dirty songs, dirty, you know, like, this kind of yeah. thing. And not like dirty, like, yeah. we're not dirty, dirty. I mean, like a cow fell into some mud dirty, right? Like poop jokes, mm-hmm. poop stuff. So when she starts to make these kinds of jokes or she does something that, like, really is not appropriate anywhere else, Mm -hmm. we think it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. We really think it's funny. And so we finally hit this place recently. We were, like, sitting at the dinner table this weekend. And I don't even know how it came up, but she— 
we all started sharing these sorts of songs mm-hmm. or whatever. And Stefan did the great green gloves of Greasy Guy and the Gopher Guts, Mutilated mm-hmm. Monkey Speed, all that stuff. Um, and Catherine Bell's like, that's great. And we're like, yeah, no, it is pretty good. And then I sang the ham sandwich with a booger on top. And then she's like, my turn. And she starts making up her own song. And it's like, poot sandwich with bucket of blood and boogers on top. Right? She thinks this is hilarious. And we're like, that is, in fact, hilarious. This is great. (laughs) And we are going around in a circle. And we get to the diarrhea song. And Mm -hmm. I do a couple of verses of the, like, when you, you know, slide in and burst and you hear something burst. I like it jazzy style, by the way. (laughs) Diarrhea, diarrhea, diarrhea. Yeah, I do a couple other ones. Some people think it's gross, but it's really nice on toast. Some people think it's funny, but it's really nice and runny. I'm avoiding the baseball ones. Then Stefan pipes up and does the, when you're sliding into third Mm -hmm. and you feel a great big, and I was like, really? And he goes, turd. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, that is the funniest word I have ever heard in my life. I got so tickled. Who says turd? You never use turd ever. And Catherine Bell goes, What's a turd? Yeah. To which I wanted so badly to say 90% of the boys you're going to date. <laughs> just little turds. You know? Or like, so-and-so from your class is a turd. <laughs> right? But I was like, I didn't. Uh, I said, well, it's another word for poop. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not. And then, and, then, and then here we are to the discussion. <laughs> okay. It's another word for perp, poop, but it is not an appropriate word for poop. Not that you should ever be talking about poop in public. Yeah. I'm like, we start getting into this. And so Stefan says, I said, like, you can't go up to your grandparents and say, or far more and far, far, and say turd. Far yeah. more and far, far is the name of her Swedish grandparents. Yeah. You can't say turd to them, right? Yeah. You can't go up to Miss Veronica, our teacher, or really any other adult yeah. and, like, do a, say turd. Yeah. Why not? Well, it's just, it's, it's really, it's a rude it's word. It's a rude word. Yeah. It's a rude word. Yeah. I said, but you can say it. It's okay to say, like, with your friends when you guys are, like, having fun, when you guys are having fun mm-hmm. swapping rude stories. Because yeah. it can be fun being rude with your friends, like, playing. Yeah. Right? Because she's, like, there. She, yeah. Clearly, she's there. She's coming home with, like, it's my butt. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, clearly, yeah. butt talk is starting to happen yeah. on the playground. <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay to say it. I guess with us in certain circumstances, yeah. but like really none of this is appropriate to be doing around the dinner table mm-hmm. and you can't call someone a turd. Yeah. We're going all through this and it, it brings up a larger question, but I think I'll come to the larger question in a second. But she, I, th- I think she took away, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. I just kept hammering home, don't go to school and say turd to your teacher. Yeah. And then I've said turd like 20 times. Yeah, because now you're like addicted to Now I'm addicted. I am. I am addicted to saying turd. <laughs> Fucking hilarious word. Turd. Yeah. Ooh, I just miss calling people turds. Drinking like, game. Yeah. Take a sip anytime. Ben I'm says just turd. turd today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so there's yeah. that. What about what, well, it's just what so... filth is I know. Simon saying? Well, it's funny because, like, you want you want you want it, them to like enjoy the funny part of this, right? right? But like, we're also at this point with Simon where because we like just kind of went through all the potty training stuff, and he's like now got the hang of it. Yeah, like you, there's a certain part of it that I kind of didn't want to be funny because I was trying to like make it seem really natural. Like part of right. why this stuff is funny is because it's not okay to like talk socially about it. right yeah. to talk about. So it. like that's that's fun and funny. But <laughs> right. like you want 
a certain level of like just respect. <laughs> Respect Res- that shit. Respect that shit. Um, <laughs> no, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want it to be Ooh, when you're trying warm. to like convince your child to right. poop or pee in the potty. You don't want to be like, you're right. You poop. You, you know, like, you, you just want to be like, such a better person than me. There's yes. poop, and we're dumping yeah. it in the toilet. That's right. It's not disgusting at all. It's just poop. It comes out of your butt. What's well, the same thing with like penis <laughs> and vagina? You don't want to be right. like, you don't want to be like, the sex stuff. Yeah. Right. You, you don't want to be like, it's your penis. It's oh my your, God. It's your dog. Right. It's your it's penis. Your, yeah. Right. You want to. You yeah. take all the take all the fun out right. of it. It's right. Just, exactly. No, I do. I agree. And this is actually a really good point. Okay. I had no idea this conversation was going to lead to a good point. Okay. I just thought this was going to be me getting to say turd over and over again <laughs> to my, my entire family listening, who, if you even still listen to the show. Um, they probably checked in. They haven't listened for a few months, and then they no, started today. listening today. Turd. Today is the day they decided to pop in and That's see how right. it's going. That's and then right. they decided, yeah, I guess I'm good for a while again. <laughs> Blush. No, but you make a good point. There is, yes, you, when you're potty training the kids, you do want to try and, like, have some sense of of no humor. Yeah. Yes, because you don't want your kid to be the one who's like, did you just giggle when I pooped? Now yeah. I'm going to throw my throw shit my against shit. the way. Exactly. I'm going to throw my That's shit. That's what it is. That is, you are, you just hit the nail on the head. I didn't even realize this. That is what I'm afraid of. Right. I am afraid of Simon realizing that poop is hilarious yeah. and somehow deciding to do something really disgusting. Or peeing on the wall. Anything. She's like, yeah, oh, did you think that's funny? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because yes. there are a lot of times where Catherine Bell's done something that is hilarious. Yeah. It is hilarious. Right. It's hilarious. And it's you so, but I can't. Keep you have a straight to, face. Yes. Go tell your husband later. That's right. Or there. even, but it's not, it's not even just body. Yeah. It's like being a smart ass. Like sometimes right. she is a fucking yeah. smart ass in the most respectable of ways. Uh-huh. I am like, bravo. You're like, damn. I know I am I like. I could learn a thing from you. I just got, got by my <laughs> four-year-old. I was like, good for you. I mean, not good for you. I mean, don't you talk to your mother like that. Yeah. You know, like it's, you, yeah. yes. So there is a whole, you have to like separate yourself uh-huh. from that. Uh-huh. How much of it, now that you, but now that you've taught him that none of it's funny. Yeah. Okay. Here comes my larger question. Yeah. Who teaches them that it's funny? I don't know. I, because, okay, because just know, is that is that how we figure out that it's funny because we don't talk about it? Well, like, I'm wondering is there something taboo you about sense it that it's okay? You sense that it's not okay, and then that's why it becomes hilarious or something. I guess because uh, generationally, I wonder if there's something happening uh-huh. because you know, as Generation Xers or whatever, yeah, whoever we all are, yeah. Um, I think there was something a lot looser about how our approach to the sorts of humor. I mean, you know, I mean, just, yeah. just the fact that we can have the show where we make jokes and we swear says something different about a whole generation of oh, yes. listeners and us and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The the idea that my mother would ever have ever sang that song, even if she knew it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. We used to sing songs in the car and some of them were like about BBDs, which took me forever to understand what those were. <laughs> Underpants. BVDs or what boys underpants oh. without a trap door. I'm like, what's a trap door? Nah, it's for your. Okay. Anyway, uh, I mean, we sang. I'm the... learning things today. We, I got, I got a million <laughs> songs, but, um, but none of them were, like, they didn't teach me. Um, they didn't teach me. Miss Susie had a steamboat. The steamboat had a bell. Yeah. Miss Susie went to heaven. The steamboat went to hell. Operator, operator. right? Yeah. But you got to understand that hell is a bad word, right? Right? Yeah. Like, and even at four, she doesn't understand swears yet, right? right. So, yeah. like, am I the one 
because it was such a huge Are part you? of my childhood, yeah. because I knew them all, and we get all the jokes and yeah. all the parts and the whoopee cushions and the whole nine yards. I want to teach it to her, but yeah. then am I like creating that kid that I then send out? Like, because I learned it from my sister, uh-huh. and I learned it from who learned it from Girl Scouts. Yeah, right. And um, and I learned it from friends. Well. There's that part of me now that is thinking maybe you're actually ruining it for her in a way yes. because she's learning it from her parents, so it's not actually that funny and secret. Like it my friends be, used yeah. to have like a secret club where we would like say swear words secretly yeah. and quietly to each other. But like if my parents were just like swearing openly at home, right. that wouldn't have been very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So maybe you maybe you're like I, I of, think I should stop. Maybe you should. I really no, in all seriousness, this is something I've thought about yeah. a lot. Dan Savage talks about this um, in a like a related way about like sex, about yeah. how like people who grow up Catholic get to enjoy all these like amazing weird fantasies and kinks <laughs> later on because of their like fucked up like guilt ridden right. Catholic upbringing, right? And, like, by raising kids really, like, open and natural, and these are your parts, and this is how they work, and it's all really great and, like, really sex positive, (laughs) we're, like, really taking something away from them later. Taking the fun away. Yeah, because, I mean, that's just it. She shouldn't want to come to the table and share... Helen Keller jokes with us. Yeah. Who's going to teach? I mean, I don't even know if the kids even tell Helen Keller jokes anymore. I don't I think know. It's so. totally inappropriate. Yeah. It's too soon. It's still acceptable. too soon. Yeah. Um, but that's just it. I mean, like, clearly there are jokes that, it's, I mean, I think it goes along with jokes. Yeah. Inappropriate jokes. Yeah. She's so close to this. <laughs> She's turning five. We're getting into elementary school. Mm-hmm. This is the year. Mm-hmm. Because I'm watching those things start with her. Mm-hmm. These little, she's got humor. She understands it. So, so, like, what what would, like, when when is it, like, I know that it's, like, fun to joke around at home. But, right. like, when does it get to the point, like, are there moments, because I, I realize we are, like, both kind of trying to raise our kids to be, like, open about this stuff. Right. And that it's okay to, like, talk and, you right. know, explore these words and explore what is funny about them. Right. But then, like, it's a different story when you, like, like you said, like, when you send them to school or when you send them to a friend's house. Yeah. Like, what what would happen if she was saying... If she said turd to her teacher. Yeah, what would happen? I don't know what would happen because everybody's like... Now, here's, here's what we're doing different. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's different, but like we do make Catherine Bell call everybody sir or ma'am. We uh-huh. do do the miss, mister. Uh-huh. Now, if the parent wants first name, fine. Uh-huh. If the teacher wants first name, fine. Uh-huh. We did that with the hopes that it would eventually separate out in her mind. This is an adult. Uh-huh. This is somebody who has a certain amount of authority uh-huh. that is not like your best friend. Right. It's not like the other kid on uh-huh. the playground. Um, so, and we, you know, even when we're joking, if she's still like, tries to shove a straw up her nose at the dinner table. We're like, no, that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. You can't do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm hoping, my, my hope is that those sorts of things will connect once she starts to get into the dirty joke, you uh-huh. know, poop talk. Yeah. That she'll understand that that's not something, I mean, it's just going to take her to do it once before yeah. it scars her for life from, like, ever saying it to another adult again. Yeah. And I guess on some level, we, we do keep saying this isn't appropriate, you know, to do with adults. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't know what would happen. So, but so many parents are, like, our age or within a 10-year age range of mm-hmm. us who all will be like, that is kind of funny. Yeah. You know? Or, like, yeah. call me Mike. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like... 
So I don't know what other adult reaction will be. Well, I think there's something about this. The thing about this that is interesting to me is, like, that it really gets at, like, our fears of, like, not being able to control Mm -hmm. the way our children represent us, like, out in the world. Oh, why'd you have to bring that up? Sorry, sorry, but, no, I'm just thinking about this because, like— I just want to say turn. Simon Simon said something that, like, kind of sounded racist the other day, and, like— I totally freaked out. And then after I talked about it with Jesse, I was like, this is so not a big deal. But what just freaked me out about it was that, like, I felt that if somebody heard him say that right. and I wasn't there, that they would, like, think that our family was... I, not that anybody would think that our family was racist, but just, like... No, that, I know what you and, mean. And it's the same as, like, you're sending your kid off in the world and, like, there's a fear that even if she doesn't get in trouble for saying turd at school, if if somebody hears her saying that, that what are they going to think that of kid. you? Yeah. Oh, she, well, she's that kid or she's us. That's right. Yeah. 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 That and we're like, hilarious. <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. But, I mean, it does broach into an even larger topic of, like... They're not only are they going to pick up poop and turd yeah. and fart and words like that when they're at school yeah. as we enter kindergarten. Yeah, she is going to hear horribly offensive. Yeah, words. horrible. She's going to hear horrible things yeah. because while Steph and I are joking around around the table about the diarrhea song, yeah, there are homes where people say really horrible mean, things. horrible yeah. things to each other. Yeah. Um, and this is she's going to interact with this for the first time. Yeah. She is going to hear some words that are not allowed. And I guess it's going to be the same thing. I'm hoping that we're setting up an environment where she comes home and tries it out on us uh-huh. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that we can guide her. Mm-hmm. I, so that you can spank her. So we can beat the sh- I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that we can shame her into never sharing with us again. Right. How do you raise them to understand that, like, it's not okay to say turd yeah. with around adults. Yeah. Except some adults. Except some adults. <laughs> who think it's funny. Like the cool ones. Yeah. Uh, How do like you your teach parents them to figure out who's, who's cool? cool. <laughs> go around and say turd a lot. Yeah. Well, no, but it's interesting to think because I remember, I guess I remember my, I guess that comes back to like, how you're going, I'm torn about how that reflects on you as the yeah. parent because I can remember running around without my shoes on once like in high school uh-huh. on campus, a uh, university that my father worked at and oh. my mother driving by and at just simultaneously seeing me barefoot uh-huh. in like cutoffs and a t-shirt or whatever. She was like that night, I, she was like, you represent your father. He, you know, works at this university. and You're running around barefoot like sl-. I mean, she was just <gasps> like, I was like, yeah. and I was so like both ashamed to, yeah. have, to do that. And also like, what is the big deal? I am just running yeah. around 16. Yeah. I'm just running around like an idiot. Yeah. Like, uh, that's my job. Yeah. Right? And I remember, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. But luckily, again, however they raised me, made me after I yelled, you can't tell me what to do. Also be like, eh, how important is it that I'm... Yeah. Not wearing shoes. Yeah. You know, like whatever. But I'm so glad but, that I don't live in a world where it matters that I don't like uh, shoes. Oh, the guy for California. Anymore. But you know what I mean? No, like, no, but my, I was like that growing My grandma used to always be like, Aren't you cold, honey? Aren't right. Aren't you cold? And I'm like, What? Yeah. And it was because she didn't like seeing my bare feet. <laughs> but, <laughs> what a nice way to go about it. A passive aggressive way to go yeah. about getting you to wear shoes. Yeah. But like, at the same time, if somebody. There were other things where I knew my mother would have had my back if somebody totally. said, your kid can't do this. My kid most oh, yeah. certainly can do that. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, being too loud yeah. was never going to get me in trouble. Right. You know, speaking my mind was never going to get me in trouble yeah. as a reflection on the family. So I'm torn as a parent where I'm like, eh, 
I know. It's her life. I mean, she's true. five. My job that is, is totally to guide her true. life so that yeah. she does, so that she respects herself and she cares. Yeah. You know, I cannot just be like, whatever, yeah. five-year-old, you're on your own. Right. Figure it out. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, I want her... But at the same time, there is some importance that it does reflect back on your family. It's like, why... If you answer the phone, my parents were like, you never just answer the phone, hello. It's, uh-huh. This is the Ellis residence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah. are things that you do. Yeah. You don't answer the phone, turd residence. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's get back to the more important thing. Who's teaching my kid this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I got to tell you, I don't know. There's a fine line. You're sending of res- her to camp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sending her to kindergarten, public uh-huh. school. <laughs> Send her to public school. I don't know. Does um, has Simon even gotten into this? No, thing? I mean I think like the funny thing. It's right now we're still like that's why I was bringing up like the like not joking about it. Yeah, like I think we're still sort of at that phase, and he's definitely not at the point where he can figure out by like the context of the situation whether something's appropriate or not. Right. So like he's still like. Like, he's still, like, if he sees a woman, he, like, notices breasts and says, like, do you have a baby? Or, like, right. he'll say, like, oh, you have boobies. Right. Like, do you have a baby? Like, you know, he'll say, like, oh, you have a vagina. Do you have a right. penis or do you have a vagina? Like, right. you know, uh, no, I don't need to go poop or pee-pee or toots. Right. Like, it's just, like, he's using these words and it's not, and it's hilarious, <laughs> but it's not at a point where I want to be, like, ha, ha, ha. You right. Know, like, well, you know what? That's interesting. I'm listening. I'm like, mm, these are the words you chose. I'm just kidding. Like, no, but there is something. But I mean, we actually did make an effort on like, but uh-huh. when it was time to talk about her behind uh-huh. stuff and like the first time we ever came up, we were like, what are we calling it? Uh-huh. Vagina. We know what we're calling vagina. Yeah. We know it a bit. But I'm like, do I want her? Do I ever want to hear her say but? Uh-huh. Do I ever want to hear her say behind? Do I ever like, what is it that uh-huh. we, we actually had a sitter once who called it bum. Uh-huh. We were like adorable. Done. That's your bum. <laughs> See, That's I feel bum. so freed up by being able to call it butt because right. like in my family it was bottom. And ah, it was bottom. like, always your bottom, your bottom. And mm-hmm. like, I couldn't say butt. Like butt was like not an acceptable word to say in my house. Right. So I use butt all the time with Simon because I'm just like, it's your butt. Like that's what I call it. I've always called it a butt. So it's like, why can't my kid call it a butt? It's not like a swear word. But it is a swear word to some kids. Like, really? I mean, but isn't butt like, it's your butt. I don't know. Like, oh, to me, fuck. but. To me, but. Why did we decide but to talk about was this? was a dirty thing. Well, it was when not I was growing dirty, up, but it's not but like, now, is it? Well, I don't know. We live in a loose, See, immoral know. society like but where totally everything fine. is butts and vaginas. <laughs> I was just butts. <laughs> so now that we've opened up the can of worms, uh-huh. which we have to close yeah. before we feel horrible, it's like the words that we've chosen. I remember there's a sketch on the um, – a sketch. I guess it's a sketch. Mm-hmm. When we were potty training, way before we started potty training, we got Elmo's potty time mm-hmm. video. Mm-hmm. You all know it. And there is – it's potty time, got to go with the flow. Anyway, there is a thing where kids, like, run on and yell out their word for pee and poop. Uh-huh. Right? And they're like – Look, another kid runs on. It's like, baby. Another kid runs on. And it's like, duty. Duty. I'm like, I'm sure we got listeners who call it duty. Clearly, that kid's parents called it duty. He calls it duty. All I can think of, (laughs) I wish some kid had been like, turd. But like, I I keep thinking about Caddyshack. And when they Uh find the, like, Raby Ruth in the Mm -hmm. pool, and the guy's like, duty. It's a grown grown man, that kid, too old to be saying duty, who still calls it duty. And I was like, 
that is like what's in my head when it comes uh-huh. to like what words have we used and when do they learn to call it to never speak about it publicly. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Let's wrap up on this. All right. I'm gonna put I you, feel horrible. I'm going to put you on the spot. But is totally a good but word. But is fine. But is fine. Everybody, but is fine. But, good, bomb, good, duty. Eh. We're judging you. <laughs> um, you've ruined your kid for life. The duty. Turd, super cool. Toots. Toots. Volleyball time. Hot dogs and hamburgers. Get ready to the Olympic dive. Fourth of July. Are you ready for rollerblading rain time? That's right. It's Aaron and Brian from Throwing Shade. If you didn't know from that very clear intro. We We take a look at issues involving ladies and gays and we treat them with much less respect than they deserve. So watch out, punks. So hey, download us and take us to the beach while you're doing your summertime fun. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Teresa, Mm -hmm. genius fail time. Mm -hmm. What's your genius? Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. (laughs) I have a, like, product placement genius. Do you have another? Um, After my big Target product placement genius last week. This is totally not sponsored by Medela. But they have... um, like quick breast milk removal soap that's non-scrub. So basically you just take all the pieces of your breast pump or yeah. um, or like the bottle and pieces of the bottle, put it in a bowl with some lukewarm water and a couple squirts of this stuff and leave it there for five minutes and then rinse it off and mm-hmm. they're clean. Cool. It's just so fast. Like wow. I, the Is it faster the, than soap? Oh, totally. Because otherwise you're like... Oh, it, it, allevi- it alleviates scrubbing? Yeah, you don't scrub okay. anything. You just fill up the bowl with the water and the soap. Uh-huh. They sit there and soak for five minutes, and then you rinse them off, and that's it. Magic. So it's like you don't have to – like the thing that used to bug me about washing my breast pump pieces is that there's just so many little pieces, yeah. and it's like awkward to hold oh, them and clean each one like individually. It. And so I'd be like rinsing them, like trying to clean them, and it was like never – it never like really felt clean and yeah. like it was always taking forever. So I found this stuff, and it just – it just makes everything so fast wow. and just very simple. So yeah. it's like after I pump, I can just like do it right away and I don't have to be like, oh, nice. those are sitting there. I need to wash them. That's nice. Yeah. Genius. Thanks. Uh, my genius is a beanbag game that Captain Bill and I are playing this weekend. So basically I was uh, – Captain Bell was following me around like, oh, play, play. We need mm-hmm. to play. And I was really trying to get a lot of stuff done. And I finally I just – and I had Ellis. I was like holding Ellis. And I'm just like, ah. And I found two beanbags. We're in the process of redoing, like reorganizing her room. So everything's just everywhere. And I found two old beanbags. So I was like, all right, we're going to play a game. 
put the beanbag on your head and see how far you can walk. We'll see who can keep the beanbag on their head longest. Mm-hmm. Right? So we start walking, and it falls off. And we put it back on, and it falls off. And then I was like, all right, actually, we're going to do this where I'm going to put the beanbag on my head, and I'm going to do a move, and then you have to copy me. Sort of like a Simon Says sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you do a move with the beanbag and see if we can keep it on. This became really fun. Then I proceeded to move it along to... Uh, and it was very easy to do holding a baby. This was the big thing. I could hold a baby. This was key and play with her. And it didn't involve going around. And I then started hitting it with my knee. I was like, all right, can you knock it off your head and hit it? Or can you hit it with your knee and catch it? And we started doing all this stuff. She was actually very good at it. Ellis, out of nowhere, just becomes like hysterical thinking it's hilarious. He's oh. like, he's like, oh, I'm like, are you crying or laughing? Yeah. He's definitely laughing. Just like watching. I'm like, I don't know what is yeah. funny about this, but he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was this like lovely moment. I was like, this is a really simple thing and it's filling time. Yeah. And like I'm actually playing with her. It was actually something I wanted to do. Nice. You know, like yeah. it just felt like we did this. That's this awesome. Is, this is good. That's so good. And then I taught my daughter the word turd. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one bad mother. I am the mother of an eight week old baby boy. We live in New York City where it is finally springtime, which is great because we've had a storm of the century pretty much every week this winter and two the week he was born. So it was really nice out the other day and I took him out. We had a really nice time and then he was starting to get fussy and wanted some food and a diaper change. So I'm rushing to get him home and I'm just a few blocks away from home and trying to distract him. And um, a woman comes running up next to me and starts telling me that my kid isn't properly dressed. Um, She says, you know, what are you thinking? He's not, his hands aren't covered. It's too cold for him. And I tried nicely to explain to her as I was walking away that he was just fine. He likes to chew on his hands. He's okay. And it's rush hour. There are a lot of people out walking home from work. And um, as I'm walking away from her, she yells in front of about 20 people at the bus stop, you're committing child abuse. Um, So after the initial shock wore off, uh, this was a genius moment for me because Number one, it's New York City, so nobody actually called Child Protective Services. I like to think it's because I'm a wonderful mother, and they can tell that. Um, Number two, uh, I realized pretty quickly that my son was dressed according to his pediatrician's instructions. And number three, even more importantly, is I realized that I know my kid better than anybody else, and I knew that he was perfectly fine. Uh, Thanks, guys. Bye. Amen. Right? The first time I heard that, I was like, are we going towards a racist rant? I don't know. Yeah. And then I was like, boom. She's Good just a you. genius mom. Here's a genius mom yeah. who, like, let it go yeah. and was like, nope, I know yeah. my kid. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You're a genius. Seriously. You're a genius. Yeah. Good job. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. We, I've talked about this before on the show, but like ever since Simon could help clean up, mm-hmm. he, we've cleaned up every day before bed. That's yep. like part of the bedtime routine is like we clean up the toys, right. we clean up the mess, we clean up and then we like go take a bath or shower and then, you know, getting mm-hmm. into bed. And I always thought it was kind of genius because it really freed us up to play and be messy during the day and not feel like we had to constantly be cleaning up. Right. 
But at this point, we're dealing with like extreme parental fatigue by mm-hmm. that time of day. And he's not in a good like focused place by that time of day. And the house has gotten so messy because he's not in preschool right now that right. everything is just everything is coming out and it's all over the place. And um, I can't figure out like how to do it differently because I also don't really have like this time and energy yeah. during the day to like help him clean up everything that he does before moving on to the next thing. Like it right. just wouldn't. So what I've been doing is just like I'll I'll say like okay it's cleanup time and then like I'll have him clean up like one absurdly dumb easy thing <laughs> like put your blocks back in the block bin right. and I will be like running around cleaning everything else up and a lot of times I do it like secretly because I don't want him to know that I'm cleaning up after him <laughs> I want him to think this is such bullshit I want him to think that like he's he's, he's responsible for yeah. cleaning up but like a lot of times I don't even have the strength to even have him do any of it because I'm so tired oh. by that point of the day so he just gets in the shower and later after everybody's in bed I'm like Okay. And I go and I just clean everything myself. It's really sad. That is a sad fail. It's a fail. total fail. That's a sad fail. Yeah. Thanks. But I get it. Thanks. Well, you, you, you suck. Yeah, thanks. go to sleep. Um, all right. My failure. So, like I said, we're shifting the rooms around and trying to get mm-hmm. everything set up so we can get Ellis out of our room, blah, 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 blah. But to do that, we had to get Catherine Bell's stuff out of her room to move stuff that's going to be in mm-hmm. So I was going to hang some shelves mm-hmm. in her closet. Mm-hmm. I just it's pretty simple. It's Sounds pretty, pretty simple. simple. It's very simple. Two shelves. Uh, I Not only was I a theater major, I took pride in all of my tech work mm-hmm. and the extensive classes. Stage manager? St- uh, nope, nope. Building tech. Building. I can build sets. I built. I know how to use wow. power tools. I couldn't. I have built gardens. Out of you know, like raised flower beds. That's so more complicated a than a shelf. Be really right. simple. That's just for you. a shelf. Yeah. Two shelves. Okay. It it turned into a total <laughs> nightmare. It is such a representation of like where my mind is. Like, uh-huh. not only did I make it super complicated, like I I mean I, I have sketches of what these two shelves and how I'm going to do it. And like, this is, I mean, it's going to be supported by these three pieces of wood. Like I've measured, I measured like five times. Mm-hmm. I have the exact measurement. Of course, the exact measurement doesn't slide into your closet, does it? No. Stefan and I are like, it was like three hours oh. to hang two shelves. We were like power sanding and then power cutting. And then like, like we wound up taking like an inch and a half off of every piece of wood. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. I then get everything up. I'm like, it's really sagging in the middle, right? Like, how am I going to, how do you get a support? Under there, yeah. like, I, like I cannot figure out how do you support the middle of a shelf. Yeah. Stefan like looks at me and he's like, "Well, you just get shelf brackets." And I was like, "What the f- what?" And like my mind was like, "Oh my god, every shelf in the world is actually just stuck on brackets." Yeah, not not like what I did, not at all like what I did. And I looked at him and I was like, are you serious? Why didn't you ever say shelf bracket to me? You've seen me talking about this. You see me, you see me with the wood. You're holding the wood up. Like, and he's like, I just thought you would have thought about it. This was like, I was like, oh my God. I, I'm not even aware of what day it is. Like, it was such like, so now like the shelves are up, but I now need to go buy the brackets just, and it'll be easy enough yeah. to go buy brackets, take the toys off, support yeah. the bottoms and be done. But like, 
Yeah. Wow. Three hours later. It was such a waste of energy and time and like shame on me. I know better. Uh I know how to hang a shelf. That that remains to be seen. Actually. Uh, yeah, it actually does. It does. I will post the shitty shelf, the first first wave of shitty shelf. They, I'll, I will post a picture of the one hour mark uh-huh. where Stefan and I started to lose our minds. This is a fail. Even though you guys warn us at the top of every show that it's not for kids, uh, I always listen with my kids. And just now in the kitchen. I spent 10 minutes listening to him, my two-year-old, march around in a circle saying, you suck, you suck. And all I could think was, yep, I sure do. (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. That's great. Speaking of inappropriate things. Yeah. uh, yeah. I know. I learned it from you, Mom. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Let us say repeatedly, do not listen to the show with your kids. Things like this do happen. All the time. They repeat it. Yes, they do. (laughs) So, shame on you. (laughs) You suck. (laughs) You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love Teresa. You. Yes. Let's call a mom. Great. Oh, excellent. Today, we are speaking to Nancy Lyons, who is a leader and technologist who believes that a human-centered approach to technology is the only way to get results. She is also the owner and CEO of Clockwork. She's the co-author of Interactive Project Management, Pixels, People, and Process, vice chair on the national board of directors at the Family Equality Council, and is on the board of trustees at the Minnesota Public Radio. Oh, and uh, hosts uh, the Geek Girls Guide, which is a great podcast. She Basically, she has nothing to do. Welcome, <laughs> Nancy Lyons. Thank you. Hi. Hi. So let me just... Start right off. You don't sleep much? Is no, that... no. Who needs sleep? I'm a big girl. I got energy stored up for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, let's knock our first question out of the way that we like to ask our guests, and that is, who lives in your house? In my house, there's myself, there's my partner, her name is Laura, and there's my son, his name is Merrick. He just turned eight years old, Whoa. and he is a feisty little guy. All right, eight years old. Okay, that's mm-hmm. three years older than mine. Uh, I've got a, I've got a, a little girl she's about to turn five, and I got a baby who's I guess seven months now. I don't know. It doesn't even oh, count. doesn't Just even count. I've lost, I've lost track. <laughs> Teresa's got a almost three year old, and maybe one that's eight months. I don't know. Um, oh wow! Hence why we both how, have babies. We have We're babies. A cloudy right now. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm yep, sorry. I'm that's you. a good I'm way to you, start. Ladies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should be apologizing to us right now. But eight-year-old, you, this you, is... Go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, you'll come out the other side. I'm proof. I'm uh, yeah. proof. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And hopefully with as many accomplishments on our resume yeah. uh, oh, versus please. just she finally did some laundry. <laughs> uh, there's more than like one protein in the house. Um, so, So here's actually a question just since you have an eight-year-old. We yeah. uh, we just got through talking uh, the first part of the show about uh, kids and the appropriate humor that starts to develop around five years, uh, <laughs> including a lot of poop humor, a lot of the dirty right. songs, the diarrhea songs, things like that. And uh, 
So is did did you just let the world teach your kid that? Or did you try and take some effort in, in <laughs> taking on the responsibility of teaching? I'm torn. Yeah, I think it was a collaboration between me and the world. Um, <laughs> I think we got we got together, we did a huddle, and we decided that we were going to take this on collaboratively. I, you know, <laughs> there's there's the humor that my kid brings home from school, which is elementary, if you will, right. and and then there's the humor that we approve of in my house. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm pretty particular, so I, I get my kid is a definite chip off the old block. He's a, he's a bit of a ham bone. He um, he isn't afraid of of being his big spirited funny self, and we try to encourage that. I think the big difference for us is, you know, or the the, the big struggle that we have is like talking to him what's a, about what's appropriate humor and what's really truly funny, uh. and what's just funny in his own mind or his own. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what's funny to you might not get a laugh from the rest of the world. What's funny in your pants may not be funny to the rest of the world, right? So, so that's where we have a lot of conversations. And, and you know, I think he's funny, so I tend to be the person that laughs the most. And I'm probably, you know, his worst enemy in that regard because I give him the impression that he's hilarious. Right. <laughs> Everybody will feel the same way. Do you and your partner, we've totally lost track of where I was going with this whole conversation with you, but this is more <laughs> fun for a second. So between you and your partner, does, is one of you, like, are you the one who, like, laughs at it and your partner's like, you need to stop that. You need to stop yes. encouraging Oh, him. yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I am married to the best straight man ever. And there's so much irony in that statement. But um, we both get a lot of, um, my, my son and I get a lot of the really, you two really, who's eight? Um, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with that. One of the things that uh, I wanted to talk about was the Family Equality Council. And what I'd love for you to do for our listeners, and you know, let's face it, for me, tell us a little bit about that and its mission. Sure. Well, the Family Equality Council is a national organization with programming on the ground in a number of states across the East and West Coast, the Midwest and the South. And our whole reason for being is to change attitudes and policies to ensure that all families are respected, loved, and celebrated, um, but especially families with parents who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. So, again, a hotbed of elementary humor. I see, <laughs> right? I see where you were coming from in possibly <laughs> a little extra pressure on what your kid may bring home. But actually, I think that might actually, that's actually very true. We were talking a little bit about... There are going to be things that do not represent what our family believes that our kids are going to come in contact with at school, and sure. they're going to bring it home. And that's where mm-hmm. we have to start teaching them the difference between this is absolutely not even funny. Like, like it's, it's not funny to probably go up to your teacher and say, tell her a poop joke, mm-hmm. but that's different than it's really not okay to ever judge somebody on you know, their choices uh, their family dynamic, any of that. Right. So you recently were, well, you were scheduled actually to be on the show earlier uh, this year, and I got the best reason for being bumped by a guest ever, <laughs> and that was, mm, she's got to go to the White House. And right. I was like, oh, well, if she's got to go to the White House, tell us a little bit about that. That is super exciting. Sure. Yeah, I got, uh, so uh, Thursday night about a month ago, or maybe it was longer than that, I, I received an email from Valerie Jarrett, who's a senior advisor to um, 
the president, oh and she invited me to come. At, I know, right? And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and, um, and I recognized her name and kind of flipped out a little bit, and it was in the evening, so she put me you know, in a, in a state of instant shame because I was relaxing and Valerie Jarrett, the senior advisor to the president, was working <laughs> and inviting me to a conference. And I started to panic, too. It was about three weeks before the conference. So it, it was about, um, I guess, about a month ago. And um, she, uh, she invited me to come and participate in a panel at the um, White House Summit for Working Families, which was happening on... Uh, June 23rd in Washington, D.C., and it was um, an event that brought together business leaders and policymakers, changemakers, and working families, uh, representatives from working families um, from all over the country to have conversations about what, what sort of necessary change we have to participate in to support the modern family, which, mm-hmm. you know, is a, is a pretty big challenge, and I think uh, in the work that I do, I talk a lot about how work was defined by the Industrial Revolution, you know, where people came out of the the rural areas on their farms into the city, into these urban areas. And they started living really close together and working really close together and working by the clock. And from 9 to 5, they made widgets, right? And everything was measured by the numbers. And work doesn't look like that anymore. And we're doing a lot more strategic, um, you know, thinking and services look different, and yet our work culture hasn't shifted to match the change in, um, you know, work deliverables. It also hasn't shifted to support the people that are doing the work. And so we have these organizations that have expectations that people show up and they do their best work between the hours of nine to five, and we don't care that their children might be sick, and we don't care that they're struggling finding care. And, you know, the other thing is when we talk about care, we're not just talking about child care anymore because the majority of people in, in, in the space that are, that are working are sandwiched between taking care of the elderly and taking care of their children. And so that's two levels of care that we don't really support, and we undervalue caregivers. Mm-hmm. So people that are taking care of older people, we, we, we don't pay them enough to live. We don't, uh, you know, support those organizations in the way that they need. And people who provide childcare still, you know, aren't paid what they need to live. Um, and we really undervalue care in our culture too. So there were big conversations being had. I was invited to take part in that. And then the Thursday before I went to, um, that summit, I got a note inviting me to another meeting the following day at the White House in the West Wing with Valerie Jarrett and uh, um, uh, Tina Chen and other members from the National Women Business Council, the chair of the National Women Business Council and the um, the new administrator for the Small Business Administration to have conversations about what um, myself and four other women who own businesses around the country, what we do that's innovative to support our um, employee bases in taking good care of their families. So it was a really like phenomenal experience. There I was in the West Wing. Oh and you got to know, like I was telling everybody that the biggest challenge for me wasn't what am I going to say? What am I bringing? What's the substance of what I'm bringing to these conversations? It's, oh, dear God, what am I going to wear? Ah. Like, where am I going to find an outfit that's appropriate for the West Wing? Because, oh, my God. Oh, that so that was really because the biggest I was challenge. like sitting here thinking, like, what did she wear? But I was like, I can't ask that. <laughs> right? See, for me, it's and, like I would be like it would be it would even be the way I'd be like, I would want to look and touch 
everything. Like, it, would be, it could be completely impossible for me to not be like, oh, my God, there's that. Oh, my God, what's that? Oh, my God, who's that there? Oh, my God. I mean, it's like the West Wing, for goodness sakes. Like, is, is yeah. the president walking by? Is he, am I going to say Michelle? I would just be no. like. I but be, I did meet the first lady. I did meet the first lady. On Monday, yeah, yeah, it was kind of crazy. And I got to tell you, she looks like an angel. Yeah, and um, and I think she, I think that they have something going on where just she's just perfectly lit wherever she goes. Good for yeah. her. She better. Either that or she has a real halo. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. She should. Mm-hmm. She does. Mm-hmm. Right. Woman, she is my Jackie O. I just am like, what? Yeah. Is she? I just she's love. She is the best. Yeah. Best yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think she's she's just a, a lovely human being. And I will tell you that in the few moments that we spent together, she totally listened. Oh. I felt like she was really like, she was really zeroed in on me and she heard me and I was the one who was like a sweat ball. <laughs> it was awesome. I was just like, oh dear God, of course now. And I just felt my hair fall and everything <laughs> on me just sort of. You know, it was like it was like being in being in the presence of Jesus and just Mounting into a puddle. So, <laughs> well, what do you yeah. think? So uh, those are two really incredible meetings. And, you know, one of the things I think we talk about here on the show and or you just hear as a major complaint uh, these days or issue, not complaint, more issue, uh, is parents returning to the workforce after having kids, whether they're babies at home or older kids. Dads taking on new roles, uh, staying home, moms going in, partners trying to decide if you're, if you're in a relationship that's uh, partner-based as opposed to, you know, the traditional husband and wife. Who is taking, you know, what are the roles? Are people doing these roles? How are we redefining it? And how do we have time for our, the, 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 really the only bottom line is how are we making time for ourselves and our family and mm-hmm. feel like we have got that sense? What were the big what do you? What were some of the really big issues that you guys uh, talked about? And uh, tell me how you fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I just hang up. Right, um, yeah, let's disconnect. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, how we fixed it. Well, you know, I think that the the big the big takeaway for me was it's really important that these conversations are happening, and I think it, it said a lot about this administration and the place in history mm-hmm. where we're sitting right now. Um, that that this was a conversation that the administration was willing to facilitate and take on and put some real energy behind because at one point the president was in the room and he was talking about all of these things and he engaged all of, you know, the women in the audience. He really acknowledged the unique role that women play in households as, you know, up and coming breadwinners. They're saying that more and more women are the breadwinners of their households, but also sort of the, the chief um, logistics officer of their households in that not only are they taking on all of this sort of breadwinning responsibility, but they're still in charge of where the food comes from and how it gets into the house and how it gets into the stomachs of their children and this, you know, the overarching schedules and they're also oftentimes the chief financial officers of their homes. And so it, there was this, this pretty broad acknowledgement of the changing roles of women. And yet, you know, uh, by contrast, sort of how women continue to fall short in the workplace in terms of pay mm-hmm. and um, position. And so that conversation was definitely um, ignited. And one of the things that both the president and the first lady sort of emphasized, and they bookended the afternoon, was this is not a moment, it's a movement, and it's up to everybody in this room to continue the conversation. So I certainly felt uh, a good amount of responsibility in sort of taking the conversation outside of those walls because it was a really exciting period. My God, Gloria Steinem walked behind me. I actually, like, was a foot away from it, right? We were in the same room with... 
people that had started, you know, whole movements long before we were even, you know, glimmers in our parents' eyes. So, and the fact that we're still fighting for some of those, you know, some of those issues to like, you know, carry the weight that they deserve is sort of tragic. But I, I think, you know, it, it was a profound experience, but I've said to a lot of people since then that just because the government says this has to happen doesn't mean it's going to. Right. It, 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 you know, we still need change makers who are willing to take risks and speak out. We still need people who have been discriminated against in the workplace, who don't get the kind of support that they need, who aren't making the money that they need to support their families. We still need those people to speak out. And one of the big points that I got to make in my meeting on Tuesday was, we still need to acknowledge that the definition of family is changing dramatically. Mm-hmm. And what families look like aren't what we imagined they looked like 50 years ago. And it shouldn't be up to employers to decide what's valid and what isn't. And until we embrace sort of that, that picture of the modern family, we really aren't, you know, doing the whole country a service. We're really going to continue to sort of fall down because... Families look like a lot of different things. They're not just this nuclear post-war right. fantasy that we had. And, you know, there are, there are gay families, there are transgender parents, there are transgender children, there are um, grandparents raising their grandchildren, there are aunts and uncles and friends that are, you know, close parts of, of families. And it's not up to employers to decide, well, you can't take, you know, time away from work to take care of your ailing aunt because that person doesn't matter in the construct that we validate here at work because it's just that that can't fly anymore. You know, this is a totally, and this is probably an unanswerable question. And if it is, would you skip it? <laughs> but why is it that we are as a, as a country and, and maybe this came up, so maybe you have some insight into it. So behind in some of the family and, you know, values is the wrong word, but like work family life balance, is there a particular reason why we are just stuck? I think it's a number of things. I mean, they certainly talked about the fact that we are not a leader in this movement, that there are countries that are far and away beyond what we've even conceived of in these initial conversations. And that's why it's so important that we get there. I think part of the reason why we're so behind is because we've politicized issues that don't belong in the political realm. I mean, you cannot argue with reality. And reality is such that families look different. People are taking on different roles. It is hard to work and take care of family. We don't have the kind of access to care and those sorts of resources that we need to have that be very well balanced. And I think that, um, I think that work culture has long been based on that margin of profitability. And I think people are short-sighted in recognizing that actually if you support people to do their best work when they do their best work from where they do it, you can actually increase your margins and your profitability, but it requires a bit of an investment in that shift. And I think that's where, you know, I think that's where business owners are pretty slow to get there. Well, I think that there's like a, a, a it's becoming what I consider a myth that, oh, you can you can leave the office, you can take it home, that that somehow cures the work-life balance when, in fact, as a person who occasionally worked from home, when I watch my husband sometimes work from home, it is uh, is much harder to, mm-hmm. to balance. And then all of my kids sees is me on a computer all the time or me on a, 
iPhone or BlackBerry constantly feeling like I've got to check in to prove some sort of commitment to work, it's much harder to define your work boundaries from your home life boundaries. It can become, technology can become something that seems at first to be something that is helping us and making mm-hmm. life a lot easier, but at the same time is becoming something that may be complicating things more than we're aware of until it's possibly too late. So it's good to sort of keep our eyes open and keep our perspective clear. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. It, as it were. Um, and to tell a good, you know, fart joke every once in a while. Are you kidding me? My whole life is about a good fart joke. That is exactly. <laughs> and that, and that First and is, foremost. And that is a good place to wrap up. Nancy, thank, right. you, thank you so much for joining us. This was really insightful and great. And congratulations on getting to go to the White House and all of that excitement. That is just thrilling. We will link everybody up to all of, the, all of your works. Um, and thank you so much. Hey, thank you guys. Thanks a lot for having me. It was really fun. I love your show and you guys are awesome. All right. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. I am Ricky Carmona. And we are the cast members, what, I don't know, podcastiness of Wham Bam Pal. That's an action sci-fi movie podcast you can find on MaximumFun.org or on iTunes. And what do we do? News reviews and things you can use. Tons of things you can use. We break it down so it can forever be broken. Hilarious jokes. Plus, sometimes there's a dog in the studio. Sometimes there's a dog here. We'll see you in your earbuds. That is a smart lady. Yeah, she's cool. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> See, it just goes to show yeah. that when you're cool with joking around yep. about poops and toots. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the word toots makes me uncomfortable. Anything is possible. <laughs> it's true. It is the true. Sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. White House, here I come. <laughs> No, but I do think it is true. I do think it is true. But uh, a sense of humor is important. It is. And, and, I, and again, as, as we often say, family is – it's very good to be reminded how different families are these yeah. days and how important it is to recognize, just as, just as we say, kids or no kids, life is great or life is horrible. Yes. <laughs> and no one gives a shit. Yeah. If we as a society could approach more that no one really gives a shit what yeah. makes up your particular family, no. life would be so much easier, wouldn't really? it? Yeah. Um, speaking of people not caring what you're doing, <laughs> let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. So uh, this is a rant. Um, My 13-week-old son, who had previously been sleeping well, which, of course, you know, I didn't let people know about since that seemed like it was bragging a bit, and I knew my comeuppance would come, and boy, has it come. Um, He has started taking 30-minute naps, if at all, during the day. Um, driving me a little bit bonkers and uh, possibly only sleeping on my boob and possibly starting teething now as well. So I haven't been able to do anything in the last week. And, of course, the one night that my husband was 
out of town was the one night that my son decided not to go down to bed at all, leaving me um, to put him down. And today, I think just the, the moment that made me break was when I went in to sort clothes from laundry and I found that the cat had vomited on my bed um, in the exact moment where the duvet cover touches the sheets, touches the pillowcase, touches the giant thing that I sleep on so that my breast milk doesn't leak all over the bed. So I am doing all of that laundry right now, and um, it's been a week. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. It is always the fucking cat. I know. One, I'm sorry for calling and leaving that message on the show. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that just, I was like, is that me calling? Did I, I call in the middle of the I night? Know. Did did every person you'd be more angry? I'd be I'd be there'd be more use of the word turd. Um, the <laughs> this week's show is sponsored by turds. Um, okay, so so one turds and that, toots. Tur- uh, and why are toots making me so uncomfortable? I know it's why because it's they? cute. And let, let me okay. focus on this you woman's horrible. Bum. Okay, go ahead. Let me focus on this go woman's on. horrible life. Okay. Listen. I'm not sure if you've heard the show, but we totally can appreciate what you're going through. Yeah, it seriously. really sucks. Yeah. Everything's cruising. Everything's happening. And here's a little truth nugget about parenting. Everything's going great, and then it changes. Yes. Not necessarily for worse. It just it changes. changes. Yeah. And it's horrible. Mm-hmm. And there's you said something in particular, and I think that you know maybe we haven't hammered it home enough in these shows, but you said, I haven't been able to do anything Mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the things that starts to drive you insane more than the lack of sleep yeah that feeling of not being able to just finish something Mm -hmm. really is demoralizing it It really can make you feel like you're not and then it takes me all the way back to one of our first guests martha talking about watching her husband floss his teeth she's like i got to floss your teeth (laughs) we've talked about it a million times but you're just like just the simple act of being able to finish yeah. something. Yeah. And then the cats. Yeah. My cats leave cats. a pile of puke yeah. right on the other side of the bed on nights like that that you're describing. Mm-hmm. Where you then like wake up and you're like stumbling through and then you step in it and you're just mm-hmm. like, this is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. This is, by the way, there are, I wanted to just say in general, there are greater nightmares than sometimes what I refer to Obviously. as nightmares on the show. Yeah. But in the small context of this show, that is a living hell. Yeah, it really feels <laughs> it feels like way too much. Yes. Like, and it's like on top of something that's too much. That's on right. On top of something it feels like too much. And like, here's what's worse. I can't promise you that it's going to change. I know. I know. I can't even be like, it's in two weeks it's better. I know. Because I don't know. We don't know. We don't but know. But it might be. It, it might be. It get better. You, all you, I would say I can only control myself. Right. So right. I, you know, pick you will be okay. You will be You're okay. You're doing a great job. Yes, you are doing great. Yeah. You are doing wonderful. Yeah. So let's wrap up. What have we learned here <laughs> on today's show? One, we have learned that Nancy Lyons is a dynamo. Really cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. We all have to look forward to having an amazing list of accomplishments by the time our kids get eight, which yep. indicates that it gets way easy. Yeah. So it's, it's clearly, sure it's, easy by then. it's way easy yeah. by then. So that's helpful to know. Thank goodness. Check. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, you just need to send Simon over to hang out with Catherine Bell. Yeah, and Catherine Bell's going to teach Simon. You know what? I'm down with that. Everything I'm there totally is to know. I'm totally cool with that. 
everything there is Even to know about that. Even if it means that. he starts calling his butt a bum. Right, right. Or, oh, wait. <laughs> toots are not allowed in my house. <laughs> there are toots in my house. Apparently, language is subjective. Isn't it? <laughs> so, takeaway three. Language is subjective. Very important lesson what on today's you show. might not bother me. <laughs> what bothers me might not bother you. Maybe we're not proving the point that no one gives a shit. I'm going to go home and talk to Stephen. Can you believe that Teresa says toots? Confidence. It's all about confidence and perspective. And that you're, that's 90% of parenting besides the lies. Confidence. That you're nailing it. No matter how bad you're messing it up. Pretty much outside of anything that Nancy Lyons said, there really are no takeaways to say. Yeah. Just, just go back and rely on that. Mm-hmm. Families, families are doing great. Yeah. Single, seriously. single moms, yep. double moms, double dads. Single dads. Single dads. Got a lot of those. Grandparents, mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, cousins. Cousins. The cats raising step your kids. Step parents. Killing it. All of you are doing a great job is the bottom line. Yes. All of you are doing great. Uh, we encourage you to let there be, let this be the show. If you're going to do a show around your kids, let this be the one yeah. to do that. Teresa. Put it on repeat. Put it on repeat. Turd, 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 turd. Diarrhea. <laughs> Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, you're doing a really good job. Thank you. So are you, Viz. Might you be debatable this week. Biz, biz, you are doing a great job. If anyone's going to teach my kid the word turd, it's going to be me. <laughs> Everybody, hang in there. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Goodbye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlos, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. If you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show, then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not low down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.